Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Monday morning, a major shakeup in the presidential race. It is down to two candidates on the eve of the next vote. Good morning, it's January 22nd, and this is today. Dropping out. We don't have a clear path to victory. Ron DeSantis ends his presidential bid and throws his support behind Donald Trump. He was very gracious and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. It's now one fella and one lady left. Yeah. Nikki Haley now in the fight of her life to pull off the New Hampshire upset as other Republicans fall in line behind Trump. We'll have complete coverage. Thawing out, temperatures set to rise this week. Much needed relief from the brutal cold and ice wreaking havoc from coast to coast. Al's got everything you need to know. Breaking overnight safety alert. The FAA now urging airlines to inspect a second Boeing plane. In the wake of that frightening midair blowout, just ahead, what prompted the concern and what it could mean for your next flight. Royal Health Watch. King Charles set for a prostate procedure this week. Princess Kate still hospitalized from her own surgery. And now Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, revealing her cancer diagnosis. We're live at Buckingham Palace. All that plus record-breaking. Stanford legend Tara Vanderveer makes history, topping Coach K for the most wins ever inside her unforgettable night 45 years in the making. And down to four. Kansas City hangs on against Buffalo. Bills Mafia coping with another last-minute field goal miss. While in the stands, Jason Kelsey steals the show. And in Detroit, the Lions take down the Buccaneers. Now, just one win from the Super Bowl for the first time in 33 years. The highs and lows from an action-packed weekend today, Monday, January 22nd, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today. Nice to have you with us on a Monday morning. I don't know who you were rooting for this weekend, but I think we're all team Jason Kelsey. (laughs) An incredible display. Okay, if you want to talk football, fine. But did you see him in the stands? He kind of stole the show there. By the way, look at it. Look at this guy. I mean, I mean, you want to be his friend. By the way, my heart does go out to the Buffalo Bills kicker. That field goal, I'm sure he's still thinking about it, but it was just a tough moment. There were a lot of yeah. heartbreaks over yeah. the weekend. Well, let's talk weather, though, guys. Uh, meantime, another frigid Monday for millions. we got a live look at Stratton, Vermont. The temperature there, 5 degrees. But relief's on the way. A major turnaround in temperatures expected this week. Of course, Mr. Roker's got the full forecast coming up in just a bit. All right, let's start politics, though. Major shakeup in the Republican presidential race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspended his campaign yesterday and endorsed Donald Trump. This comes just one day to go until the New Hampshire primary, which is now a two-person race between Trump and Nikki Haley. And the latest poll shows the former president leading Haley by nearly 20 points. We've got complete coverage. Let's start with NBC's Garrett Haig, who is in Manchester for us. Hi, Garrett. Good morning. 
Hey, Savannah, good morning. And shakeup is right. I mean, less than a week after finishing second in Iowa, Ron DeSantis is out of this race. It's a major jolt to a campaign that's now down to just two candidates and could be all but decided tomorrow night here in New Hampshire. I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis. With another challenger in his rearview mirror, Donald Trump welcoming the endorsement of former rival Ron DeSantis. He was very gracious and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron. The kind words from Trump, a sharp break from what has been a bitter battle between the two GOP candidates. So Ron DeSanctimonious, he was very upset. Less than a week after finishing a distant second in Iowa, DeSantis suspending his campaign Sunday in a pre-taped video message that included throwing his support behind Mr. Trump. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. DeSantis' departure from the race so sudden, some supporters had already arrived at a campaign event he had scheduled hours later. I would like to have seen him stay in just to give the American electorate some choice. For Republicans, that choice now Trump or Haley, who welcomed the news of the shrinking field overnight. It's now one fella and one lady left. Haley also sharpening her attacks on Trump, highlighting his age, after Trump seemed to repeatedly confuse her with Nancy Pelosi when discussing the Capitol riots. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. Haley weighing in. They're saying he got confused. When you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. She's counting on a strong showing here after a disappointing third place finish in Iowa. But two new polls released this weekend showed Haley trailing Trump by double digits here, with only one day left to change minds. Don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't vote in this primary on Tuesday. The other challenge for Nikki Haley is how fast the Republican Party appears to be consolidating around Donald Trump. In just the last week, he's gotten the endorsements not just of Ron DeSantis, but also former candidates Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott over the weekend. It's another hurdle that Haley's going to have to clear and fast to pull off that big win in New Hampshire tomorrow night. Savannah. All right, Garrett, thank you. Well, with the Republican nomination, now just a two-person race, Donald Trump leading in the polls. Could tomorrow's primary mark the beginning of the end in the Republican primary? NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson, also in Manchester for us. So, Hallie, Nikki Haley gets the two-person race she's been longing for. Is it too late? And even if she somehow pulls off the upset in New Hampshire, then what? Well, then you go to Nevada, then you go to South Carolina. Listen, it's not over till it's over, Savannah, but you're asking, I think, the critical question here, because yes, Nikki Haley finally has what she wants, this one-on-one matchup. The question now, what is she going to do with it? How is she going to make a showing here in New Hampshire? Her campaign has said all along they're playing the momentum card here, right, that if she picks up some steam, she can show that she can be a viable contender to former President Trump. But if she doesn't do well in New Hampshire, the question is, what happens next? Does she go to her home state, which tends to lean more conservative in the Republican electorate here in New Hampshire? Remember, 
It's independents that are the critical voting block here. They can vote in a Republican primary. They are the biggest voting block in New Hampshire. And that is, in many ways, a natural constituency for Nikki Haley. I've heard it from people that I've talked to here in the state, people who, for example, were former Chris Christie backers that are now shifting over to Nikki Haley. But if she doesn't have a very strong second or the upset here, it is a question mark on where her campaign goes. Uh, and that said, for, for Donald Trump, don't we, we can't lose sight of the big picture here, Savannah. He has dominated for months in this race overall. He is still ahead in the polling in this state and in many of the states to come. Uh, he has demonstrated his strength and his consistency here. We're seeing double-digit leads in New Hampshire primaries and South Carolina, while it's her home state, Tim Scott from South Carolina just endorsed Trump, so it's unclear what that path would be, even if she pulls off the big win tomorrow. Now, let's talk about Ron DeSantis, Hallie, because he got out on the eve of the New Hampshire primary. What do you think's in his mind? Is he thinking about potentially a presidential run in four years, or is he thinking maybe I'll be part of the Trump cabinet? What do you, what do you see here? I think the calculus based on the reporting that I've done is the 2028 piece of it. And I know we're not even through 2024 yet. Don't shoot the messenger. But I will tell you that that is a conversation that is happening with those close to Ron DeSantis about a potential presidential run four years from now. He himself has even alluded to this on the campaign trail, saying in South Carolina just this week, right before he dropped out, that voters would come up to him, caucus goers, and say things like, hey, I'm getting Trump this time, Mr. Trump this time, I'll get you for the next election. So that seems to be part of the calculation here, that he can get out of this race after, listen, a distant second place showing, but at least it wasn't third, and then perhaps come back in four years and show that he is somebody who can win a critically important state like Florida, as it relates to you know the electoral makeup there, uh, and still be kind of a player in the Republican field. Keep in mind as to when DeSantis started to slip in polling, Savannah, if you look back to the spring, it was right as Donald Trump faced his first indictment there at the end of March. DeSantis hadn't officially announced his presidential run, but everybody saw the writing on the wall. He seemed to be potentially the strongest contender, the strongest competitor for Donald Trump until the court battle started coming into play. People around Donald Trump believe that that is something that helps propel him with voters. Eric Trump told me that. He said that he thinks that the sort of looming indictments over the former president help him in his campaign. That is when we saw the needle start to move. And we haven't really seen it move back since, Savannah. And that's why we see Donald Trump so often volunteering to be in those courtrooms. That's effective for him, it seems. Hallie, thank you. And Hallie will be back with us tomorrow morning, along with NBC's Kristen Welker and Steve Kornacki. Gang's all here as the very latest unfolds in New Hampshire, voting underway tomorrow. All right. Meantime, there is encouraging weather news to start off the week. After a brutal stretch of cold, snow, freezing rain for much of the country, a major thaw finally on the way. So that's the good news, but it could usher in a new set of weather concerns. Al's ready with your forecast. But first, let's go to NBC's Jesse Kirsch right there in Detroit with a bunch of happy Lions fans, I'm sure. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Hoda, good morning. The cold not stopping the party here. It's about 19 degrees outside right now, but it feels like seven with the wind chill. That might sound cold, but it's actually a warm up compared to where we were over the weekend. And Detroit is not alone. On the heels of this dangerous cold, many of us this week could start to thaw out. After a brutal Arctic blast that's been punishing the country with bone-chilling cold, this morning for millions, a much-needed warm-up could soon be on the way. For days, much of the country has been stuck with temperatures well below average, freezing everything from roads to noodles. (laughs) But things could begin turning around starting today. By midweek, New York City could hit 43 degrees, Atlanta 64 
The about phase comes after days of record-setting dangerous cold from coast to coast, with at least 72 weather-related deaths reported nationwide since January 12th. Meanwhile, this warming shelter in Wilmington, North Carolina, has helped dozens in recent days. I've been doing this for seven years now, and every year it just gets worse and worse. Yesterday, we had 85 people. Today? Today is 115. The big temperature drops also impacting South Florida, where iguanas have been known to become immobile in the cold, even falling from trees. The cold weather did not stop the NFL playoffs this weekend. Near Buffalo, fans once again helping dig out the Bills stadium before their big game. We're uh, willing to help whatever it takes for our team. Back here in Motor City, we've still got snow on the ground. The street's looking pretty good. And some more good news. By the end of the work week, we could see temperatures in the 40s. Hoda. All right, Jesse Kirsch for us there in Detroit. Jesse, thanks. All right, that's us up for Mr. Roker. What you got? Hey, guys, the good news is look at these temperatures right now. They're, of the 24 hours ago, it was 18 degrees colder in St. Louis. You're at 31 right now. Louisville has warmed up 16 degrees from 24 hours ago. Chicago, 24-degree temperature rise in the last 24 hours. And for today, Portland, you'll see 34 degrees. New York, 37. That's a little on the chilly side. Wichita, still below average, but the Des Moines, Rhinelander, Alpena, Michigan, all above average. And then tomorrow, those temperatures all warm up. New York City, Montgomery, Alabama, Houston, Texas, all above average. And that ridge of high pressure, I should say, the jet stream moves up to the north. And look at these temperatures over the next several days. Friday. 57 degrees yeah. here in New York City. Let me hear that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 53 yeah. in Cincinnati, 71 on Thursday in Atlanta. We're talking 18 degrees above average on Friday in New York City. Buffalo, 15 degrees above average. Cincinnati, 14. So temperatures are warming up. The bad news is we've got a big storm system that's going to bring a real icy mix and mess. We'll tell you a look at that in the next uh, 30 minutes. But mm. right now, back to you guys. Okay. Thank We're you. into it all. Thank you. Craig joins us with another big story we're following. Hi there. Savannah Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. There is new potential trouble for Boeing this morning in the wake of that midair blowout that's grounded the MAX 9. The FAA is now telling airlines to inspect a second Boeing plane. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin here with details on this one. So, Aaron, tell us about this, this second plane. What do we know? Well, Craig, that's right. Good morning. Overnight, the FAA issued a safety alert recommending visual inspections of mid-exit door plugs on Boeing 737-900ER planes because they have the same door design as the MAX 9 that's now grounded after the door panel blew off mid-flight nearly three weeks ago. To be clear, this is a separate Boeing model, and the recommendation is for airlines to check whether the door plugs are properly secured as soon as possible. There were no specific incidents or problems that trigger this move, with the FAA saying it has an added layer of safety as part of their investigation into the MAX 9. And while it impacts about 380 planes, disruptions to air travel are not expected. In a statement, Boeing says it fully supports the FAA and our customers in this action. So, right? so let's go back to the MAX 9 for a moment here. Where does the investigation stand in, into that particular plane? 
Well, 171 planes are currently grounded as the FAA continues its investigation and evaluates data from 40 inspections of the MAX 9 aircraft. This overnight alert comes after airline inspections of the MAX 9 planes found some door plugs with loose bolts, prompting concerns that it could be a wider issue. Meanwhile, the FAA said the MAX 9 fleet will remain grounded until the agency is satisfied they are safe to return to service, which is impacting air travel and leading to more than 300 flights being canceled daily. All right. Aaron McLaughlin. Aaron, thank Thank you, Aaron. All right, guys. Should we switch gears? Yes. Let's talk football. (laughs) The excitement on the road to the Super Bowl. Four teams left. They remain in the hunt for the Lombardi Trophy after a really thrilling weekend of playoff action. And this time next week, we are going to be talking about the matchup for Super Bowl 58. I saw Kaylee Hartung on the sidelines at the Detroit game. She was right there. She flew back. She made it back to our studio. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. The Super Bowl dreams of the Chiefs, the Lions, Ravens, and 49ers are alive and well after a weekend that saw three of the four matchups decided in the final plays. In last night's late game in freezing Buffalo, we knew it would be a quarterback battle between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and they delivered. Heartbreak in Buffalo. Bills fans disappointed again, defeated by the defending Super Bowl champs. Chief star Travis Kelsey coming alive, scoring two touchdowns and showing some big love to his supporters in the stands, including superstar girlfriend Taylor Swift, who shared the excitement with Brittany Mahomes and the Kelsey family, and Travis's big brother Jason, who was in full fan mode all day, crashing a Bills tailgate party before kickoff and then stealing the show celebrating shirtless, jumping into the stands, and even helping a young Swifty get a glimpse of her idol. Kansas City advancing, winning a playoff game on the road for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era. In Detroit, Ford Field was fired up for a wild back-and-forth battle between the Buccaneers and the Lions. During the fourth quarter, Jameer Gibbs helping Detroit clinch a spot in the conference championship. The Lions will take on the San Francisco 49ers, who survived a nail-biter of their own. After a missed field goal by the Packers, the Niners surging late in the pouring rain to send Green Bay packing. Back in the AFC, rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the Texans tried to keep their remarkable run alive. But Houston couldn't outrun Baltimore and the favorite for league MVP. Lamar Jackson keeping the Ravens soaring toward the Super Bowl, exploding for four touchdowns and 100 rushing yards. We can hear those chants. So next week in the AFC Championships, the Chiefs will take on the Ravens in Baltimore. That atmosphere will be insane. We will see if Mahomes can lead the Chiefs to -to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances or if Lamar Jackson can get the Ravens there for the first time in more than a decade. And over in the NFC, the Lions will try to make their first Super Bowl ever making a trip to the Bay Area to meet the 49ers. Guys, I have to say the atmosphere last night at Ford Field, so much respect for those fans. They've been waiting so long. I mean, more than three decades for something like this. It was really special to be a part of. You did such a great job, Kaylee. We were watching you from our couches at home. Can't believe you're still standing. I know. Me neither. At this point, how do you pull against the Lions? Yeah. How do you pull against the Lions? Yeah. It's so hard. It's It's an incredible story. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Kaylee. And Al's got the rest of the forecast. I like to see Ravens-Lions. That's what I'd like. Ravens-Lions. Okay. Okay. No. Chiefs-Lions. Anyway, uh, some light snow up around the Great Lakes. There's a messy ice storm getting itself together. We're going to take a look at that coming up in the next half hour. Flood risk coming into Florida because they're, I mean, California, because there's a big series of storms coming in. We're going to be watching that as well. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Coming up, King Charles preparing for surgery this week. Princess Kate on the men from hers. And now 
Another member of the royal family just revealed a cancer diagnosis. We'll have the latest in a live report from Buckingham Palace. And then we've got good news if you're planning a winter getaway or looking ahead to spring break. Airfare prices dropping to lows not seen in years. So should you race out right now and book what you need to know? But first on a Monday morning, this is Today on NBC. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed back at 7 30 look at that what wow. major wow. talent on display right next to us at the rockefeller center rink u.s figure skaters ava ziggler and Lindsay thorngren are spending the mornings with, with us this morning ahead of some big big competitions we are going to catch up with them on the uh, road to the 2026 winter olympics so in italy Milan. Milan. yes yeah, i just wish yeah. you could skate like that just watch it don't, don't you craig just period just yeah. feel calm yeah. like that just actually not get out there and like break something gorgeous we'll catch up with them in just a bit we do have a lot to get to in this half hour though starting with some new health concerns for the royal family yes King Charles is set to undergo prostate treatment this week. Princess Kate, as you may have heard, recovering from abdominal surgery. Just yesterday, Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, revealed she has been diagnosed with skin cancer. NBC's Molly Hunter's at Buckingham Palace. She's got the very latest. Hey, Molly, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. That's right. Another big weekend of royal health announcements and another royal health scare. But we are starting this week on this side of the pond with the three most prominent senior working royals out of view. King Charles, Prince William, and of course, Kate, the Princess of Wales. This morning, the two most prominent members of the royal family still sidelined while the family is rattled by yet another health scare. The Princess of Wales is waking up this morning in the hospital, starting a second week of recovery after planned abdominal surgery. Kate is going to be recovering until at least Easter, so we're not expecting to see her in public at all. But we're told that she will be keeping an eye on her projects and she will be working from her bed. No public hospital visits over the weekend after we saw Prince William driving to visit his wife last Thursday. Kensington Palace still not saying why the 42-year-old mother of three needed the surgery last week, only that Kate would likely remain in the hospital for 10 to 14 days. 
Also, over the weekend, another royal health announcement. Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York, announced she's been diagnosed with malignant melanoma following the removal of a cancerous mole during treatment for breast cancer. The 64-year-old was very open about her breast cancer treatment last year, posting this picture today, explaining it was discovered during reconstructive surgery following a mastectomy, adding she remains in good spirits. And this all comes as King Charles gears up for his corrective procedure this week for an enlarged prostate. Who's his majesty? He's fine. Thank you very much. Thank Looking you. Looking forward to getting back to work. No word on when the family will all next be together. Over the weekend on the West Coast, Prince Harry accepting an award for his service to the British Army, presented by John Travolta in a glamorous ceremony in L.A. He was included in the Living Legends of Aviation Awards, co-hosted by our very own Tom Costello, for his role as forward air controller and Apache helicopter pilot during his service. Flying has been a transcendent experience, a close encounter with magic, an invitation to both protect freedom and to feel free. So, Molly, when it comes to privacy, it seems that Sarah Ferguson and King Charles are being a little bit more vocal about what's going on than Kate. What more do you know about that? Yeah, Hoda, that's exactly right. A little bit more transparent, a little bit more out in front. And the way that Kensington Palace and Kate are treating her health scare is much more in line with kind of traditional uh, royal practice, how they've frequently treated health scares in the past. I will say Kensington Palace came out quickly, Hoda, and did say it was non-cancerous. But the Duchess of York and King Charles are really taking the opportunity to encourage people to get checked out. Even look at this part of Sarah Ferguson's statement. She says, I believe my experience underlines the importance of checking the size, shape, color, and texture and emergence of any new moles, really urging people uh, to be diligent about their health. Hoda, I should note that we don't know when exactly King Charles is going in for his procedure. Hoda. Uh, all right, Molly, thank you so much there, Buckingham Palace. Thanks. All right, coming up here on a Monday morning, Oscar winner Reese Witherspoon sparking a uh, heated debate over snow. Is it okay? Is it safe to scoop it up and eat it? Yes. Well, I guess wherever you get it and what color it is, okay? But first, Emily Akeda here with a story you need to see if you have a spring break trip to book. Hi, Emily. Hey there. We're all dreaming of warmer temperatures, right? After travel prices reached record levels coming out of the pandemic, some relief is on the horizon coming up. How much cheaper airline tickets will be and more importantly, how to find those deals. That's all after this. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back. 
back this morning on In-Depth Today. Good news if you're looking to pack your bags in 2024. Guess what? Airline mm. ticket prices are expected to fall for the first time in years, at least for travel within the U.S. We'll take it. NBC's Emily Aketa is here with what we need to know and when perhaps we should book. Yeah, we're all looking forward to spring break, right? You said it. An expert we spoke to said we're seeing the cheapest tickets since 2009, excluding the early days of the pandemic. Certainly welcome news after prices soared to record highs once travel kicked back into overdrive. Now, finally, signs of a return to normal. After years of soaring airline prices, some relief on the horizon for travelers. There are some insane flight deals going on. The travel website Kayak estimates domestic airfare will be 16% cheaper this year compared to 2023. Outside of the pandemic, we haven't really seen these prices since about 2009. And when you adjust for inflation, it's about 40% cheaper than it was a decade ago. The biggest reasons? Airlines increasing capacity, lower jet fuel prices, and competition between carriers. Airlines have been able to add to their schedules. There's more capacity, more seats available for people to purchase. Carriers scrambling to meet demand after prices hit record highs in 2022, and customer frustration reached new heights, too. The cost of flights is just kind of getting out of hand. Airfare to international destinations remains high overall, up 10% in 2024 compared to last year, according to Kayak. But not if you know where to go. Airfare to Mexico and Central America has actually dropped by 10% from this time last year. But caution, just because average prices are dropping doesn't mean you're guaranteed a deal. It's all about knowing when to look. The travel app Hopper says it expects fares to start rising into late spring as spring break and summer travel kick into high gear. So if you're eyeing a spring break getaway, now is the time to start searching. For those of us that are considering booking spring break, now is a really great time to do so. And you don't want to wait. We're sort of getting to our edges of our Goldilocks window when it comes to booking your flights. That Goldilocks window, not too early or too late, is about 21 to 60 days before your trip. Use price tracking apps like Hopper, Skyscanner, and Google Flights to set up price alerts. And keep those alerts on even after you've booked. So if the price drops further, you can rebook and get travel credits for the difference. We are definitely back in the age of cheap flights. All right. So good news. Prices are going down. Safety has been a, a large part of the conversation this month in light of the Alaska Airlines incident. Has that impacted how folks view travel in this country at all? Well, so travel site going says yes. Some people are still understandably wary and <clears throat> cautious. And actually, the number of people that are using the search function, there's a function where you can actually filter for the type of aircraft. That number has tripled oh, on wow. some online travel agencies. According to going, they say that is evidence of some lingering cautiousness. Those MAX 9s, by the way, are still grounded as the FAA investigates. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you, E. Let us get another check of the weather. Mm-hmm. Thank you, E. Yeah, I just I shortened the <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. I like it. Yeah, I like Greg that. makes up nicknames yeah, like that for people. He's just making up nicknames. Yeah. A? It's E-Dog. A- A-Rook. <laughs> anyway, we are looking for... <laughs> Say what you were thinking. I was. I was about to go, and I thought, yeah, I still need this job. 57 million people under winter weather advisory storm watches warnings from northern Texas all the way into the northeast. We got a mixed bag out there. Look for icy conditions right now, stretching from Chicago all the way down to just east of Dallas. We've got heavy rain down through the Gulf. We're probably going to be seeing flood uh, flood watches out later. We're talking about upwards of 10 inches of rain over the next three days down through the lower Mississippi River Valley. You move 
move to the north, we've got icy conditions from a hundredth of an t- inch of ice to a tenth of an inch of ice, stretching from Little Rock all the way up to Chicago, Cleveland, and over the next three days into the northeast, hazardous travel conditions, and light snow one to two inches from Big Rapids all the way just to the south of Boston. And that's your latest weather. G uh, for gang? H H O. How come you don't give us those sweet nicknames? Uh, <laughs> that's not a sweet <laughs> nickname. That's a letter. Yeah. A letter. Come on. Still ahead, kids. Here. Move over, Coach K. We'll celebrate the basketball history that Stanford's legendary women's coach just made. Love that. And your morning boost coming up right after this. Carson joins us at just the right time to talk about a record-breaking victory in college basketball. Stanford's legendary head coach, Tara Vanderveer, just passed another icon of the game. She became the winningest coach of all time. NBC's Stephanie Goss gets here with more on this one. Hey, Steph. Hey, guys. Good morning. You know, Tara Vanderveer's first head coaching job was at the University of Idaho when she was just 24 years old, and Jimmy Carter was president. Now in her 45th season, she has the most college coaching wins in NCAA history, male or female, adding to her long list of incredible accomplishments, accomplishments, including four national championships and an Olympic gold medal. Stanford head coach Tara Vanderveer making history again, becoming the winningest coach of all time in NCAA Division I basketball. Vanderveer earning her 1,203rd victory when Stanford defeated Oregon State Sunday night. The T-shirts were ready. An adoring crowd celebrated. I just focused on each play, each possession, trying to um, run good things for our team and enjoy the enjoy the journey. With the win, she passed legendary Duke coach Mike Shashevsky, who was happy to pass the torch. Tar, congratulations! What an amazing achievement, and what's even more amazing is the manner in which you achieved so many victories. Vanderveer has been a head coach for 45 years, the last 38 at Stanford. Current and former players reflecting on her massive impact on the game. It's a masterpiece what she has created. She's won three national championships, most recently in 2021 over Arizona, ending a 29-year drought for the Cardinal. Vanderveer talking about that win here on Today. This was, I think, especially uh, rewarding because of the COVID situation and all the adversity this team has faced. Some of the biggest names in sports praising one of basketball's greatest. Beyond the the wins and losses and everything else, it's the impact that you've had on so many young lives. Congratulations on this amazing milestone and thank you so much for your leadership. For Coach Vanderveer, success is turning her love of the game into the team's joy on the court. For me, it's all about a team that, you know, loves to play together. Um, and I think that they had a lot of fun today. A lot of fun. According to Stanford, <laughs> Vanderveer is responsible for coaching 85% of the Cardinal wins since the start of the program in 1975. She's also had at least 30 players go on to the WNBA, and she's not done yet. Man, Such a great prop. Love seeing Coach it. K and Steve Kerr yeah. and Billie Jean so King all giving yeah. her, yeah. her due. Absolutely. Well done. Cool. cool. All right, guys. Justin Timberlake. Oh. oh. JT. JT. Been oh. a minute, but he's debuted a brand new song, landed a new gig. We're going to tell you all about it coming up on Popstar. Oh, album. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. 
the I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. 